This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our voices and give Jesus all the glory. Can we do that? Now, that wasn't bad when if you've got little children and you go to your child's, you know, you know daycare son, uh, Christmas play and then some other kid sings and then you clap for them. How do you know Jesus went to hell on your behalf? He paid for us to be resurrected through his life. Can we give him glory? Come on, let's give the King of Kings glory tonight. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now I feel at home. Amen. This is always my home. I thank God for this household of faith. And also thank you so much to our pastors, Apostle Thea and Dr. Beverly. Dad and Mom, thank you so much for who you are, your authenticity, your integrity, and your total, total trust in the Word of God and the way that we are taught the Word, that we're able to take that Word and put it into action. I can tell you for a fact, I can name you so many ways. I know I wouldn't be here, my wife wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Word, but not only just the Word, the way we were taught to apply it. And for that, we will forever be grateful. Amen. And what Jesus is doing around the world, building His church through the vision that you're imparting in our hearts, and we want to make sure carry out everything he's called us to do thank you dad and mom come on let's give our spiritual parents a great big god bless you hallelujah how you came expectant now let me see how many of you were here this morning can i just see now if you were not here you've got to got to get that message that is the foundation to what we're going to be talking about tonight but we're about to go to a whole nother dimension say another dimension Father, we thank you for the privilege of being known as your children. You chose us. What an amazing thing. You called us. You saved us. You paid the price for us. You gave us your spirit. You gave us your word. You've given us your kingdom. You've blessed us with your blessing. You've given everything we could possibly dream for or imagine. We know that you have imparted your very own life within us. And today we receive that. And so once again, our desire is to know you intimately, to know your ways, to know your kingdom. And the only way to that is through your word. And so we come expecting to hear from heaven today. And so I do make it known. I put no trust in myself as my own, as a limited human being or my own intellect or my own knowledge. I am trusting for your inspiration, your impartation, that by grace I may speak your word with clarity and accuracy, that once the words go forth, you ignite it with your presence, take it deep into the heart of every hero, which causes faith to rise and dispels all fear. Minds are renewed to your word as understanding replaces confusion. I believe each and every one of us are transformed from glory to glory. For this we give you alone the praise and honor in the name of of Jesus. Family, if you are ready to receive, shout amen. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55. Now, when I spoke here last time at celebration, 
I spoke about the fourth dimension. Everybody say the fourth dimension. That's not something weird or, you know, something spooky or whatever. We live in a three-dimensional world system, uh, space, time, and matter, length, breadth, and height. This is a natural realm that's governed by natural laws. But how many of you know that long before this existed, God has always been? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. God has existed for all eternity. And that realm already existed. Angels already existed there. It is a living kingdom. It's not something spooky or out there. It's not like we over here in the natural realm, and one day we will go over there to a place called heaven. It, the whole spirit realm fills all in all. It is the very existence. And then within that, God spoke and said, like be, and then created matter, and then he created time to govern it, and all the natural laws govern this natural realm, which we thank God for. I thank God there is gravity. Otherwise, we would be all hovering around the place. There are certain laws that you know you can put into action. You do know that when a pilot sits on the end of his runway, he doesn't sit there wondering if this is going to work today or not. And looks at his co-pilot, how do you feel? Do you think this is going to happen or not? Well, now let's give it a shot. And then he thinks, okay, I, I think we can do this. And then he guns the, the airplane down the runway and halfway down, he goes, no, no, I don't know if this is going to work. And then he pulls back on the throttle. And the pilot says, come on, we can do it. And he hits the throttle again and hope, how do you know they're going to have an accident? No, he sits on that runway and he knows there are laws that govern this flight. He will send that airplane gunning down that runway at full speed. I mean, there are some runways, they end in the ocean. But he will aim his airplane, the road is running out, but he has no fear. At top speed. And then he knows when he pulls back on those flaps, that airplane is going up. There are laws that govern it and it works every single time. Every time. And as long as nothing goes wrong, it's going to work every single time. Now, family, those natural laws are governed by supernatural laws. Supernatural is not spooky. The word is in its definition. The word super means above. Superstructure is when there's a structure overhead. That's a superstructure. It's above. There are laws that govern this natural realm. Now, how do you understand that when you have problems in your life, things show up? When you've run out of money or your body, the doctor tells you something that's wrong with your body or something happens with a relationship, something goes wrong, that is now manifesting in the natural. But you do understand that the root of that problem is supernatural. The root of the problem is something more intense. If it wasn't for the enemy, there wouldn't be those problems. So there's a spiritual root to a problem that's now manifesting in the natural. And the problem is, before we were saved, we had try and solve our problems using the natural laws. If I've run out of money, I've got to make more money. If I'm not earning enough, I've got to get a better job. And if I still don't earn enough, then I need to get a second job. But how do you know that if you only paid per hour, you run out of time as well? There's only 24 hours in the day. Whereas you actually have to work 50 hours a day to meet your need based on the current wage. 
but they're on 50 hours in a day. So we, we realize that the natural laws start to limit us. You can only jump so high, run so far. You can only fly at a certain speed. There are certain things that govern this natural realm. But praise God, we serve a supernatural God. There are laws much higher than ours. There are ways much higher than our ways. Isaiah 55 verse 8, God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Now God could have stopped there and would have said, praise God, well, he's God, hallelujah. Obviously, his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts higher than our thoughts. And you know that there is a limitation to our thoughts. But God is not limited by those thoughts. Praise God. You and I can only think in the third dimension in the natural realms. You can take someone who's not born again, not saved, and they can go study at every university available, study every law book, every physics book, every medical book, every whatever, art book, whatever. And you know there is an eventually a limitation to how much they can know. And God says there are still thoughts higher than those thoughts. There's only so far that you can see in the natural realm, in the three dimensions. There's only so much you can do in the three dimensions. And yet there is a spiritual realm. So when I say fourth dimension, it is outside of what we see in this three-dimensional realm. And God says something interesting in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 that I as God... God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you ask or think. I always ask God, and I always wondered, why would he say ask and think? Why has he put it in there? Well, something that I have learned is that we tend to, when we're going to ask God, we usually think of things that we would want. But by the time we ask, we whittle it down. If I asked you, how many of you would like to have your salary doubled? If I could arrange it for you that when you got into the office tomorrow morning, your boss is going to call you in and say, we are doubling your salary. Can I see your hand? How many of you wouldn't mind getting involved with that? Okay, I've, I've never had someone say no. Now, what's interesting about that statement, if I notice, you notice almost every hand did go up. If I took every single person sitting here, and we found out, we all we asked, what's your salary? And we put the lowest earner on this side of the platform. And then this is the person earning the least here. And then we grade everybody ascending. And then on this side of the platform, we got the person that's earning the most money. I can tell you now that the person earning the least money, if we doubled his salary, would still be less than what this guy's earning now, and yet he also wants his salary doubled. So doubling your salary didn't solve your problem. Come on, no one says, no, I don't need, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, you don't have to double mine. In other words, if I double it and I ask you next week, you want it doubled again. And then if you doubled it again and I asked you next week, you'd want it doubled again. You just proved that tonight. Now, it comes time for increase. So we want to put our faith out there. 
Say, Father, I'm believing for an increase. Hallelujah. A boss says there's going to be increases. I want an increase. Now, I've stood in faith for an increase before, and I know I've been through this thought process. I'm sure you have too. You know, normally, if you look at an increase, uh, you look at, the, uh, for example, the, the, the rate of inflation is about 6 7%, you know, maybe 5 you know, it oscillates around that. Uh, you know, sometimes companies give uh, that as the increase. Others might be a little more generous, say they'll give 10% or whatever. But you know what? I'm going to put my faith out. I'm going to trust God. I don't just want a 10% increase. You know what? I think I should put my faith out. Maybe 12. No, I'm going to really reach out there. I'm going to believe God for 15%. Now, I mean, you know, what company gives 15% today? Are you with me? Not many. So, you know, maybe, no, God can really do a lot. Maybe 20%. Now, that would be way out there. Now, someone may say, well, 10%, okay, 15%, that's going to take faith. But 20%, you're going to have to have real faith for a 20% increase. Are you with me? So now I go to God, hallelujah, and I've got my scriptures, and I say, Father, I'm asking you for 20% increase. Now, that comes out my mouth. And God says, I hear what you're asking, but I also know what you're thinking. You actually want your salary doubled, which is 100%. Do you notice how I want 100% increase? You just said so. But by the time we ask God, we become reasonable. And God says, I hear what you're asking. I know what you're thinking. But I am able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you ask or think. Why are we limiting God? When I saw that revelation, I said, God, that's it. I don't care. You go ahead, double, triple, multiply, you, wherever you can find, just bless, bless. I'm not going to let that slip by me. Amen. How many are going to join with that and say amen? So how many you realize to get there, someone says, that'll never happen. When will a company ever double your salary? I had somebody once come to me when we did, we do this every year. We trust God for an increase at the end of the year. We have an increase anointing evening, similar to what we're doing right now. And I always encourage people and Tell them, get ready, it's going to happen. And then I had a young man come to me and say, Pastor Allen, I don't know if I'm going to participate. I don't think it's worth it. It's not gonna, you know, my boss called us in the other day, and he said he told the whole company that we're really struggling, so we're not giving out increases this year. And I looked at him, I said, but you work there. Now, if you were here this morning, you would have said, Hallelujah. You see, God, you don't matter if you are in a, a place of famine. If God's your God, He says, I will bless you in the midst of that situation. I said, you work there now. And he could see the lights come on. He said, yeah, I get it. God reigns on the righteous. I'm trusting God. And he came that night, and he trusted God, and he sowed his seed, and he came back a few weeks later, and he called me and said, Pastor Allen, listen, I, I, I went to the office, and my boss called me in, and he said, now don't tell anybody else. We're not giving any increases, but we are going to give you an increase. See, God, oh, come on, give Jesus praise if you're getting a hold of this. That's higher. He accessed something when the rest of the world was saying no. Even his own boss said no, and yet he accessed 
that fourth dimension. See, God says His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But look at verse 10. As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Everybody say seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And then he says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. That word shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Family, why does God send his word into the earth? If God is God and he just created us as these you know, these humans that must just live and try and prove themselves good in order to get into heaven. And God just sits back and watches whatever happens, happens. And I'll let the good in and send the bad to hell. That's not how God intended for us to live. Why would God take the time to make sure His word gets into the earth and deposited so that we can understand that word? Why does God send His word into the earth? And He says, yeah, it's for a reason. I send the word to accomplish what I want done. There's certain things God wants to have done in the earth. But you and I would never know it unless we first heard it. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by, hearing by. I would know I could be healed unless I heard someone preach it. How would they be able to preach it unless they had heard it? And so the word of God was delivered into the hands of man in order to put that word out for a reason, to accomplish God's desire. Like I said this morning, Abraham didn't decide one day, I want to be blessed, let me find if there's a God somewhere that'll do it. It was God's idea to come to Abraham and say, I will bless you. I'm going to make you a great nation. You're going to be a blessing. It's God's idea for us to be saved. It's God's idea for us to walk in the fullness of everything He desires. So anything you find in this Word is God's idea. It's not some man that's decided to try and get something out of you. This is what God wants in your life. Hallelujah. So why would He send His Word? Well, He said, as God gives seed to the sower, bread for food. Remember Luke chapter 8, verse 11, Jesus says the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. Say that. The Word of God is seed. Say it again. Everything that comes to life, everything that's produced is produced through seed. Everything. Even when God said, light be, this natural realm is from the seed of what He spoke. And then everything else, as he created it, he said, let each, whatever it was, a creature or a tree or whatever it is, bring forth after its own kind. How does that happen? Through seed. You're in this earth because seed was deposited. you born again because you heard the living word that God loves you and you believe that Jesus paid the price for you and rose from the dead. You heard that as a seed form. And then when you spoke it, it birthed your eternal life. Hallelujah. Everything we have comes through seed. But notice God says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We have to go to another dimension of thinking 
to receive the kingdom of God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 says, This reason also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and, and, and what? There's a higher dimension of thinking. It is a spiritual understanding. That's more than natural understanding. Your natural senses, your natural thinking, your natural ability to work, thing out, work things out can only take you so far. How many of you have ever been looked for a piece of paper, either in a filing cabinet or you've got a pile of paper on your desk, whatever, you know you put it in there. And then you go through it and it's not there. Come on, how have you ever done that? So what do you do? You now look from the back forward and you still don't find it. So what do you do? You take each one, not that one, not that one, not that one, and you get right through, isn't that right? Now you take it out, and you put it on the desk, and you take it one by one, definitely not that one, and you get through the pile. Hey, listen, by the fourth or fifth time, it's not there. And we're trying to solve our spiritual problems with natural solutions. There is a higher dimension. We have to start seeing things from a spiritual perspective. That you're filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why? So that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. My faith will only reach to the height of what I know God said. I can never receive anything from God other than what I know is available to me. And he says he wants us to continue increasing in this knowledge of God. Why? 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in how many things? In all things and be in, your health, be in good health just as your soul prospers. Everybody say prosperity. Now loud. It's not a swear word. Say it nice and loud. Christians are nervous. Are you one of those prosperity speakers? What are you talking about? You see, the problem is a lot of people think of prosperity just as money. Now, money is an aspect of it, but it's the smallest. It's the least. Prosperity has to do with your entire life. I prosper in all things. It begins with your spirit. I don't care if someone has $10 million. If they're not born again, that's a poor man with a lot of money. He dies, that $10 million does nothing for him. He goes straight to hell. He needs spiritual prosperity first before anything else. Once you're born again, you're walking in the prosperity of eternal life. Then you need soul prosperity. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then there's natural prosperity, your physical health. I want to be able to live a good, long, healthy life to fulfill what God's called me to do. And then you have, fourthly, your relationships. We're not doing this on our own. We need to be leading people to Jesus. We want to disciple. We want to raise and train leaders. We need to be able to get on with people. Say amen. And then, of course, there's financial prosperity as well. But it's the least of all of it. Now, you take those five, and he says, I pray that you prosper in all those areas. But notice, he says, as your soul prospers. It begins with your mind, your will, and emotions. I can only prosper to the level of which I believe I can prosper. You today are living exactly at the level you believe you should be able to live. 
No, I don't agree with that. I know you don't agree with it, but uh, the point is that everything you are today, everything you have with you today, the clothes you wore, you're wearing today, that was your choice. Come on. A little extra there, that was your choice. Uh, that, 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 uh, I've never seen a donut stand up and grab someone's throat and force itself. Through. No, you looked at it and decided whether you eat it or not. Now, I'm not just saying you, me as well. It's like someone came to me and they're under financial stress and they say, the devil's stealing from me, the devil's coming against my finances. Why? I'm in so much debt. Oh, really? It's the devil? In the, you know, a little while ago, we used to sign our credit slips. I said, please bring me your credit slips. I want to see what the devil's signature looks like. Because every rand that leaves your account legally, you have to give permission for it to leave. No one can just take money out your account. So how did it leave? You signed somewhere. I'm working with people that want to work with me tonight. Let me see how many you say Amen. You see, we got to take ownership. We have to recognize. It begins with what I believe. It's been proven that people that have won the lottery, millions of dollars, they go back and do research. They find out years later their life is worse than before they won. Money didn't solve their problem. Why? Because you can only go as far as your mind goes. And if I pull you with an elastic band, I can take you so far. But if I let you go, you're going to snap back to what you believe. And I'm not talking about in your head, it's in your spirit, in your heart. Notice Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We need to change that. How many of you want to increase? Then I need to see that. I need to believe that. I need to change that inner thinking. Psalm 35, verse 27, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. Let them say, let them say, is the scripture up? Let them say, what does it say in your Bible? Let them say continually. Everybody say continually. Pastor Allen, you're always talking about this stuff. Yes. This is something the Lord's told us to do. Let them say continually. What must you say continually? Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Say this, God is pleased in my prosperity. Or what do we know about pleasing God? Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says, without faith it is impossible to please God. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. And the only way faith comes is by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It must be God's will and desire for me to have faith for it. And to have faith for it, that's what's going to please God. And if He is pleased in my prosperity, it began with His Word. That's the only way prosperity is going to please God, is I access it by His will and His desire. He sent His Word to accomplish what he pleases. He has sent his word to prosper you. Say that. God has sent his word to prosper me. Psalm 115. Look at verse 14. May the Lord give you increase. How much? And 
you and your children. Everybody say generational. See, God's never just interested in you. He is, but it's always generational. This is one of the scriptures Janine and I stood on when the doctors told us we couldn't have children. I found this scripture as well. Here's my children as well. They're included in that verse. God's not a respecter of persons. If you put a verse in there, there's no bracket saying except Alan. So that must be for me. And today we have our children's children. Now notice, he could have just said, may the Lord increase you. I've asked already, how many you want increase? Put your hand up. Now if God gave you 10 rand, you've increased. Isn't that right? So what we're talking about. No, he says, may the Lord give you increase more. See, what will happen is God will increase me, but I know there's more to be done. So now I believe God. He says, may the Lord increase you more. So now I'm increased more. Now the neighbors are starting to talk. But you go and look at the verse. It doesn't stop there. May the Lord increase you more. So when everybody is criticizing you, it still says, may the Lord increase you more and more. So now God increased me, increases you, and then you believe God for the more, increases you more, and then you believe God for the and more, and increases you and more. Now you're in a place where, now people are starting to really skin and, you know, you're starting to get, you're starting to get the receiver of revenue's attention and, you know, where's all this happening? Where's this coming from? Go read the verse again. Do yourself a favor. Next week, go read this verse. I guarantee you, it'll still say, may the Lord increase you more and more. So what are you going to do when you hit exceedingly, abundantly, above what you ask or think? This is way beyond anything I ever thought could happen in my life. You go read that verse, it'll still say, may the Lord increase you more and more again. Family, there is no limit to this. Come on, give Jesus praise if you're getting a hold of this. I had somebody say one day, Lord, you know, Pastor Alan, the way you teach these things, I can see it's balance and you teach it from the Word and everything, blah, blah, blah. I says, but what about this person? He named the name. If I told you now, you'd know who it is. He says, what about this preacher? Don't you think they're over the top? And I, I heard what they said. Now, it's somebody that I respect. So I had to make sure I answer not from my flesh. So when that happens, I always internalize. I listen, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? And I heard this in my spirit. Define top. Well, that's what I heard. So I'm going to say what I heard. So I said to them, define top. And they looked at me like surprised. And then the revelation rose in my spirit. I said, you living in a house, yes, and you have two cars, yes. Do you know there's somebody that's believing God for a bicycle? They're living in a little two-by-two house, and all they want is a bicycle just to get around. And you've got two cars. Don't you think that's over the top? You could give your one car to them. Why are you not giving them your car? Hello? See, that's something we've got to learn with the church. You know, the church does something. Someone says, oh, that money could have been given to the poor. Hang on, there's someone that already said that. 
was Jesus. It was the man who was stealing the money. Come on, get real now. See, when someone says you could have done more for the poor, I'm going to take that person and say, okay, tell me how much you gave to the poor. Because I can tell you right now, I've given way more than that. Because I don't always advertise when I'm giving to the poor. But I live a generous life. It's not can we do this or that. Why don't we do this and that? Because there is no limit. And whatever needs to be done, we can do it at that moment. This moment, we need this. But it doesn't mean we won't do that as well. There's a continuous provision and a continuous supply. Whatever you need, there's always enough. You've got to get a hold of that. Do this. Take a deep breath. Hold it. Take another one. Hold it. Take another one. Hold it. Take another one. Hold it. What are you doing? I'm trying to save oxygen. We might just run out one day. We don't do that. The whole time we've been sitting here, you've been going... You breathing like oxygen will never end. Isn't that right? You drink from the tap, you drink water, you drink another one, you drink another one, you drink like water will never end. Come on, you got to get a hold of what I'm saying today. Family, the enemy wants to limit you and tell you there's a limit to how much you're going to get. What you got in your pocket will never limit you. Jesus always accessed the supernatural. Here are 5,000 men plus women and children. Where are we going to find food to eat? And he said this knowing what he was going to do. But what's he doing? He wants to find out where are you positioned. And notice what Philip answers. He says 120 denarii is not enough. Hang on, what was the question? Where? You telling me how much? You didn't even hear the question. Why? He's thinking three-dimensionally. 120 denarii. Time. Denarius is one day's wage. It's going to take 120 days worth of salary to pay these people, to feed these people. It's time-based. Money's time-based. You earn X amount per month. And Jesus says, there's a higher way. What do you have? Oh, five loaves and two fish. But what is it among so many? See, again, 3D based. There's only five fish, two lo five loaves, two fish. How's that? We're going to feed so many people. And Jesus says, give it to me. And what does he do? He lifts it and he blesses it. What's he doing? He's accessing the fourth dimension. He takes of that bread and that fish and he breaks it and he gives it to the disciples. Now, you've got to get this because sometimes in the title of our Bibles it says Jesus multiplied bread and fish. He didn't. Oh, that, that hit the hard wall there. Go read your Bible. It says he gave to the disciples to distribute. You don't think Jesus was standing and he was going, and it was just, and then they took it all away. No, he puts it in their hands. You can take five loaves and two fish and give it to 12 people. Now, if they ate what they had, end of miracle. But they took what they got, broke it, and gave it to the next person. 
If that person ate, it stops there. But when they took what they had and broke it, and everybody was doing the same. You want some? Yeah. Yeah, some for you. You want some? Yeah, maybe I'll eat some. And you want some? Yeah, you as well. And they were doing it. And it was multiplying in the hands of the people. Now, I have to ask you, where's all this bread coming from? Where is all these fish coming from? They've accessed the fourth dimension without even thinking about it. They're just busy giving. You want more? Yes, I want more. You, you want more? Yes, no. And eventually they got to a place, yeah, I got some more. No, I've had enough, thank you. And you? No, I've had enough. Everybody? Anyone? anyone? We are full, man. We're done. And Jesus says, now gather up the fragments. And there's 12 baskets left. Not even the five loaves and two fish left over. 12 baskets. Family, you access the fourth dimension, you hit the momentum that's very difficult to slow down. It was only when the demand stopped did it come to an end. You getting this? We have to start thinking way outside of the way we used to think. There's so many examples. There was that woman who they want to take her children away because her husband had died and she was in debt. She went to the man of God. They want to take my kids. What do you have? Her first answer is nothing. I've only got a bit of oil. See, God will take your least as long as you understand the kingdom of God. You got a bit of oil? That's enough. Go get as many pots as you can. And listen to his words, don't get a few. Why? We're accessing the fourth dimension here. And they went out, they got every pot they can, and mom took that little bit of oil, and she poured it into the pot. And as long as she was pouring, uh, that pot was eventually filled. And then she said, do you have another pot? And they came with a pot, and she filled it again. And they brought another pot, and they filled it again, and brought another pot. Where's this oil coming from? Her statement was she just had a little bit of oil, but every time she pours, there's more oil, and there's more oil, and they're filling the pot, 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 filling the pot. Eventually, she turns and says, can I have another pot? And the son says, we've got every pot in town. There's no more pots. Then the oil stopped. It wasn't God limiting. If there was one more pot, it would have filled up. Family, God, stop limiting God. He's ready to take you way beyond anything you could imagine. But you have to give Him your pot. You have to give Him your blessing. You have to trust God and receive that. The blessing that He's given you, you're returning that word to Him. My word shall not return void. We return the word and say, Father, I believe you. Amen. Let out your nets for a catch. What happened? They filled their boats to overflow. Where did those fish come from? Where did all those fish come from? They, he said, we, we fished the whole night and caught nothing. So where did the fish come from? Well, let me ask you, where did the first fish come from? There weren't any fish in the planet. But God spoke to the water. See, God didn't say, 
fish be? He spoke to the water and said, bring forth the fish. Oh, you got to get this. God decides what he wants. Then he speaks to the environment that must bring it out. Okay, let me say it again. God decides what he wants, and then he speaks to the environment that's going to produce it, and it does. Paul told us in Ephesians, be imitators of God. Copy your father. Listen to it in the Amplified. Therefore, be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. As well-beloved children imitate their father. Have you noticed kids, particularly dad and son, you notice after a while the son starts walking like dad? One day, the phone, I, I phoned Janine and on her number, and Brittany answered, my daughter. But I started talking to her like she's Janine. And I had at least four or five sentence conversation with her. Eventually, Brittany says, Dad, you know it's me. I did not. You sounded the way she was talking, her voice inflections, everything. It was Janine. That's what happens when you get close to someone. And Paul's saying, get so close to your father, copy him. It's not blasphemy. It's honoring God. God wants you blessed. God wants you prosperous. God wants you to increase. And how does he do it? He speaks to environment. Family, where is your increase coming from? It'll be from your business. It'll be from your, your place of work. It'll be from your income, your finances, whatever it is. Start speaking to that environment and declare what you're expecting. And trust God. And then get your pots ready. I said get your pots ready. Increase is happening. Come on, give Jesus praise if you got a hold of this today. So right now, I'm going to ask the dream team, please hand out an envelope to every person. Now, even if you use electronic, I still want you to get an envelope. There's a reason for it. I'm going to tell you what it is now. In your lap, if you have a Bible with you, we call it the Word of God. This morning I told you technically that's not true because Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word of God is a person. But that Word was spoken into the earth and then recorded. What we have is a recording of God. Why does God do that? It's because He gives you words to speak. It's not just telling you about Him. It's actually God delivering into your life words that you can speak. Do you notice how Jesus said, it is written? What's he saying? Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If I wanted tomatoes, and I want to grow my own tomatoes, what do I need? So I go down to the shop, and I go to the section where they have seeds. And you notice how the packets on there all have different pictures. So I look for the one that has a picture of tomatoes on it. Isn't that right? You notice they don't put pictures of seeds on there. They got tomatoes on the front. 
So I take one of those and I go and pay for it. I go home and I open it up. Now I can be disappointed because I can call this false advertising. Because if I buy a toaster, I look on the packet, I look on the box, that's the one that I like. I find the color, that's the color I like. When I get home and I open I expect to find a toaster that color in the box. Isn't that right? But when I open this packet, it's got seeds in it. Why? Because the packet is giving me a hope. It's telling me what's in my future. It is written, you have tomatoes in your hand. But it's in seed form. Family, everything you want from the time you're born to the time you die, you're going to eat a lot of food, you're going to wear a lot of clothes, you're going to live in multiple places, you're going to drive cars, buses, trains, airplanes, everything you could possibly want, everything you're going to ever need in life. You notice how God doesn't dump it the day you're born. He has everything you need for life. But it is given to you in seed form. So everything you could possibly want, need, or desire has already been deposited into your life. So when I take those packet of tomatoes and I put them in the ground, here's the key. It is written, I have tomatoes. But when I sow it, after sowing it, I have now begun a process of a lifetime of tomato provision. I may never need to buy another packet of tomatoes because I will know if I get tomatoes, some of it I'll keep as seeds, I'll eat the others. Bread for eating and seed for sowing. And as long as I obey that principle, never eat all your tomatoes. I use some for seed sowing. I can in fact start a tomato business. I can do whatever I want with tomatoes. Because it began as a seed. Today, you are at the brink of the greatest increase you've ever seen. Let me say it again. Today, you're at the brink of the greatest increase you've ever seen. I'm speaking prophetically. Today is the poorest day of the rest of your life. Shout amen. Now, in your hand, you have a seed packet. So what is it that you want? You need to now speak it, and you're going to record it. You're going to draw your tomato on there. You understand what I'm saying? But you can do it in words. Now, you need to ask God, what increase do you want? You write it down there. I believe God for this amount of increase. Write it down. Now, the reason I'm asking you to do that is because we're going to receive the envelopes. Now I'm going to ask the office, they'll process it as they always do with any offering, but now take those envelopes, after they've done all the admin with it, is put it together where there's a prayer of intercession, whether it's staff prayer or whatever it is, somewhere along the line, I want somebody speaking over those envelopes every day. Because we're going to stand in agreement with you that what you're writing there happens. It says, we only two agree touching anything, it'll be done for them. So we need to know what it is that you're believing for. You're right there. I need an increase of X amount. Maybe you believe in God for a promotion. I believe I am the manager of my department, whatever it is. I believe I have my own business. Maybe it's ministry. I believe I'm called to plant a church, whatever it is. Maybe you need something in your family, whatever it is, write it down. And when you write it down, 
you record it. Now it's written. It is written. Amen. And then what I want you to do is take your best seed right now. So obviously you bring in the Lord's tithes. You still do that. The offering that you would have given, you do that. But today I want you to now decide on a seed. Remember, God's not mocked whatever a man sows, that he will reap. Remember, he who gives sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. It's important to understand that because our seed determines the size of our harvest. Someone's believing for a car. You know, you can put a 10 rand seed in. I ask, what kind of car do you want? It's one of those little remote control ones, you know, like skeletons. Or do you want a decent car? Now, if all you got is 10 rand, God gives seed to the sower, you can produce from that 10 rand the right seed. But how many you know the Holy Spirit knows what your harvest requires? So it says, don't give grudgingly of necessity. God loves a cheerful giver. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not his mind. There's a spiritual understanding. So what I'm going to do now is when you ha now have your harvest in mind, is just for a moment, just go quiet and listen in your spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, say this with me. Holy Spirit, what is it that I need to sow to produce this harvest? Now, he'll tell you. See, this is no pressure. I'm not, if, if someone says, I don't agree with this, then just don't do it. Put your envelope down. This is for those that want to increase. You purpose in your heart. Now, very often, Janine and I have done this. We confer with one another, and we get exactly the same amount. That's, that, that's the confidence that we have, that God has spoken. Now, here's the thing. You may have heard an amount, but you don't have that in the bank. That's happened to me as well. I was told an amount to sow, and I thought, where am I supposed to find that? But if God tells me to give it, it means I must have it. But if I don't have it in the natural, I know how to produce it, and that's again with seed. So then I, on the bottom of that, I said, okay, that's what I'm believing for. Now, what's my seed? But even the seed I don't have yet. Then I wrote on there, God, I believe I have the seed of what he just told me. And then you put a seed in your envelope that will produce that. Amen. All right. You ready? Is everybody ready? I've given you enough time to get ready. Hold that in your hand because I'm coming into agreement with you now. There's an anointing that's going to come on your life. And you're going to watch what's going to happen in the next year. Now, Father, you have seen the heart of your people. And you've given me this word. And you've given us your will and desire. We are honoring you who takes pleasure in the prosperity of your servant. And we trust in you for increase, for multiplication, for bonuses. Whatever you decide to do, we are ready for your miracles. And yeah, in our hands, are the confessions of our faith. And we trust you. Now hold that scene. Say, Father, I thank you. I believe with all of my heart what I have heard is your word. My faith is ready and I speak to my environment and I decree I have 
Now call it. Say, I have my increase. I've received my increase of 10,000 rand. I received my increase of 20%. I increased my, I believe I received my business. I believe I received my promotion. I am the manager of my department. Whatever it is, speak it now. Declare it. Call it. Now we need to say that continuously. Amen. Now, Father, you've heard that confession. Now to speak your life, you said that you caused the seed to multiply, to increase, and to produce that. And we release it by faith. I call upon your anointing in the name of Jesus. Now say, I receive it. I receive it. You believe you have it? Then give Jesus praise like it's happened. Amen. Come on, give Jesus praise. Let's all stand together. Family God, keep your faith connected now. Amen. This is happening. And I would like to encourage you, as it does, get your testimonies in. We want to hear about it. Because there's a lot of testimonies coming our way. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. As Christians are praying right now, we want an atmosphere of faith. Let's just pray in the Spirit, family. I want to know today that everybody here is in a right relationship with Jesus. I don't know how you came to be here tonight. Maybe you were just driving past, thought, let me pop in. Maybe someone invited you. Maybe you saw Apostle Theo on television, thought, let me come check it out. I don't know how you came here. I do know this. It wasn't an accident. God has led you here tonight for this reason. And you heard earlier on when I spoke about the different aspects of prosperity, the most important is to know that you are set for eternity. It's useless living a life here and doing everything this world has to offer and even build great big empires and be successful by what the world might call successful. But what good is it if we gain the whole world and yet we lose our soul? God loves you. And He has eternity in mind for you. And He knew we would never be able to get there in our own ability. But He did have a plan and He sent Jesus for that reason. And the reason Jesus came to this earth was to give His life for you. To pay for your sin. Every one of us have sinned. And he's given his life to pay for our sin and he paid for it in full and then he rose from the dead and today is alive. And the word says, if you believe with your heart that Jesus is raised from the dead and confess with your mouth that he's your Lord, you will be saved. I want to lead you in that prayer tonight. I'm not going to embarrass you. We all pray out loud together, but today you're saying that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. Maybe you're saying, God, please save me. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, wherever you're standing, just lift your hand right now. Raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to be born again. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Over here, God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. God, I need this. I want your life. It begins with my spiritual prosperity. There's another hand. God bless you. Even if you prayed this prayer a long time ago, but right now today you know your life's not right with God. Maybe you backslid. But today you're coming home. You want to rededicate your life. Lift your hand as well can be included in this prayer right now. Thank you. There's more hands. Now let me ask you this. If you have not raised your hand, are you absolutely certain that if you died at any moment, you would go straight to heaven? 
Maybe you say, Pastor Alan, I don't know. I'd like to go to heaven, but I'm not sure. And please don't go home without praying this prayer. If you're not sure heaven is your home, but you want to make sure, lift your hand now in the name of Jesus. There it is. Thank you. God bless you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Three invitations. One, give your life to Jesus. Two, to rededicate your life. Three, to make sure heaven is your home. If you haven't raised your hand yet, but you still want to be included in this prayer, lift your hand now in Jesus' name. This is it. This is your moment. Thank you. God bless you. There's another hand. Well done. All right. If you did raise your hand at any time during any of those invitations, please raise your hand briefly again. I'd just like somebody nearby to see you. We're just going to come and put our hand on your shoulder. That's to let you know we love you. God loves you. We want to share this moment with you. And if someone has joined you, you're welcome to drop your hand down. I'm going to ask everybody, please pray along with me. But especially if you raised your hand, say this out loud with me. Dear Jesus, thank you. You died for me. You gave your life so that I could have life. And today, you're alive, risen from the dead. I believe that. I call you Lord. You are my Savior. And right now, I'm born again, a child of God. From this day on, I live for you, to serve you, to worship you. One day, I will leave this earth and stand before you and see you face to face. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God, my friend. You are born again, a child of God. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Dot com.